Joe Biden got beat by Barbie. What's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. It's true. It's true. The Barbie movie is way more popular than the uh, than the uh, skeletal remains of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Thanks to a new poll. Uh, listen, we got a lot to talk about today. So we're starting a brand new week and we're headed right into we're headed right into the thick of things. August is right around the corner. And August, you may remember, is when the Democrats I'm sorry, the Democrats aren't debating. The Republicans have scheduled uh, their very first primary debate. That means that the the candidates that want to be on the stage, that want to be the primary choice for a president and run against Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. in 2024, man, they are, they are out there working their tails off. They are doing their darndest. They are trying to get the donors. They're trying to get the support. They're trying to get the money. They're trying to get their spot on the stage and, uh, you know, it's not a it's not a slam dunk for a lot of them. Mike Pence, I think, is still is still questionable. He's iffy. Asa Hutchinson, I don't think is going to be there. Um, you've got some of the big contenders who are going to make it. But then, of course, the big question is, will Donald Trump join them? And the answer seems to be a resounding. Absolutely not. Donald Trump and his advisors continue to meet in Mar-a-Lago and elsewhere trying to decide, hey, is it worth our time and effort for Donald Trump to go to this debate or should Donald Trump do something else? Uh, he is the front runner, the front runner by a long shot. And we'll get into that here in just a minute. First, though, I would like to say that I am continu my, my continued disappointment with Ron DeSantis is not just political, but also from a profit standpoint, because, again, maybe I jumped the gun. <laughs> maybe I jumped the gun. But these Don and Ron primary picker coins, which, by the way, are doing very well. Uh, these Don and Ron primary picker coins have Donald Trump on one side and Ron DeSantis on the other. And I designed them. I actually came up with the idea on the plane coming back from Kentucky. I designed them because I, like a lot of other people, assumed that maybe Ron DeSantis would be closer in the polls to Donald Trump. Maybe Ron DeSantis would be able to pick off some of those never Trump Republicans. Maybe Ron DeSantis would be making a play for conservatives who didn't like Donald Trump's style, personality, brashness, history, thought that with all of the uh, the phony indictments and all of the um, impeachments that Donald Trump was maybe damaged goods and that moderates wouldn't be that moderates wouldn't be interested in voting for him. Um, so I created these coins, Donald Trump on one side, Ron DeSantis on the other. They all come in a little, they all come in a little plastic container. And of course they're all packaged up in a lovely velvet sack from the Catriot mint. Um, and what I, what I didn't anticipate, I mean, I guess I deep down, I, I knew it or I hoped it, but was that Donald Trump would come out to such a commanding lead so early. And that, that, uh, that Ron DeSantis would actually uh, that Ron DeSantis would actually not be able to, um, not be able to, not just you know bridge the gap, but even continue on an upward trajectory. Because right now, there's no upward trajectory for Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis continues to flounder and falter in South Dakota. I'm sorry, I said that earlier this morning too. I was on the news and uh, on in Miami Valley's morning news with Larry Hanskin in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I said. South Dakota. I met in South Carolina, the all important primary state of South Carolina. You have Nikki Haley, who just popped into the second place above Ron DeSantis. Now, I know what you're thinking. Sure. She was the governor of South Dakota. Uh, I did it again of South Carolina. <laughs> Sorry. So my apologies to South Carolina. Sure. She was the governor of South Carolina. Uh, but Ron DeSantis is like the governor of the country. He was supposed to be the number two candidate. Um, maybe I need to make coins with Nikki Haley and Donald Trump on ones. It doesn't matter. Get here's the thing. We uh we still have some left in our primary run, but based on the polling, that will be the only run, which means these coins will be more valuable one day because there won't be as many of them out there floating around. So if you have not yet picked up your Don or Ron primary picker coin, 
get on it. Because like I said, when this when they're gone, they're gone. There will be no second run, uh, thanks to Ron DeSantis and his mismanagement of his campaign. All right, let's get back to the Barbie movie because this is important. The Barbie movie is one of those movies that I haven't seen. I know, I know a lot of people went to go see it. It made like $110 million. It was the biggest box office um, you know, winner so far this year. It even beat out, I think, the, the Super Mario movie. It beat out Oppenheimer, but Oppenheimer did well too. Anyway, everyone's thrilled about Barbie. You got Margot Robbie. You've got uh, Ryan Gosling. I Like, again, I, I'm just going based on what I've heard and the previews. And I know a lot of people don't like it. For example, Ben Shapiro, uh, you know Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro, he had a, this scathing review of the Barbie movie. His producers took him to go see it. And then he just, I started watching. I got like through seven minutes of it. But uh, after seven minutes, I was like, yo. What is happening? It was this expletive-laden review. Here's a little... This movie is not just a piece of shit. This movie is a flaming piece of dog shit piled atop an entire dumpster on fire, piled atop a landfill filled with dog shit. Okay, so there you go. So <laughs> that kind of gives you an idea. I'll just give you a general idea of what Ben Shapiro thought about it. And a lot of conservative uh, broadcasters, parents, authors, people that are, you know, that I follow on, on various different social media... Oh, like X, which we'll get into as well because it used to be Twitter, but now it's X. Uh, all of those folks, a lot of them had a very similar, maybe not as maybe not as angry, but a very similar stake, uh, stance on the Barbie film. There was one, however, that really kind of caught my eye. It was a review by Laura Loomer. And if you don't know Laura Loomer, she's pretty conservative. She's here in Florida. She ran for Congress. She uh, has her own um, a Twitter channel where she does kind of, you know, Project Veritas style uh, reporting. And she is... Oh, pardon me. She is um, not a fan of the woke movement. She's not a fan of the left. She is uh, a hardcore Donald Trump supporter and is doing whatever she can to save America. I, you know, I met her briefly at the, uh, the Federation of uh, Teenage Republicans. She was in the audience. I gave my speech. She actually took a clip of my impromptu of my impromptu poll and posted it on Twitter. But I saw her review and I want to read it because most people that went to go see the Barbie movie or saw the trailers or heard about it. They'll tell you that this movie is woke, that this movie is anti-man or, uh, you know, anti-family. And they'll, they'll tell you that the, the women in this movie are being told to abandon all moral codes or historic norms of what it means to be a woman and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but Laura Loomer had a, a distinctly different take. And I'm going to read you a little bit of her review from Twitter. She wrote, don't listen to people who are telling you the Barbie movie is woke. If anything... It's a genius mockery of wokeism. The movie revolves around the fact that there's only two genders. It admits that in order to be a real woman, you have to have a vagina. And to be a man, you have to have a penis. The movie is mockery of feminism and suggests that if you want to have a world that is unrealistic and run by women, then it's a fantasy land like Barbie land where women think they are in control but children are actually controlling their destiny. The movie revolves around the concept that men run the real world, which is true. The movie also mocks youth who use terms like fascism to attack things and people they don't like. Ultimately, the female protagonist of the film decides that she is happier living in the real world that is run by men. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> Barbie also tells Ken that he is more than simply what a woman thinks he is. It reaffirms that men don't exist solely for the sake of satisfying women. That is an empowering and anti-simp message for men. How on earth is that 
a woke message. So again, it was an unlikely review from an unlikely source, uh, and it caught my eye. And I actually, I actually wrote to her. I was like, "Hey, can you come on the show? I think we're going to get her on the Marque show tomorrow." Um, I, I hate to tease that kind of stuff though, because whenever I do, somebody cancels at the last minute. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully that won't happen. But again, it's it's a really interesting take because yes, Barbie, as we all know, there was Barbie and there was Ken, and there was the uh, you know the whole. There was a whole thing about the private parts being non-existent and yada, yada, yada. Um, but, you know, that's that's been kind of like a, a running gag throughout. Uh, and in the movie, apparently what she says is there are, you know, they, they make that explicit. It's an explicit uh, depiction that there are two genders and one of the genders can run the world and it can still be OK. And the other gender can run the world and it can be a dumpster fire like Ben Shapiro said. Um, again, I haven't seen the movie, so we'll get into a little bit more during the show today, because I imagine a lot of people in our audience have seen the movie, and uh, I'm curious to get some other opinions. Something else I did see was our buddy Jack Posobiec from TPUSA, and Jack Posobiec said that at the very beginning of the movie, there was a film that promoted abortion, and or a scene, rather, at the beginning of the film that promoted abortion. I was like, what? So I went and I Googled it, because I was curious, and apparently there's this 2001 Space Odyssey-type uh, scene where these little girls are playing with baby dolls, and then they decide they want to escape the world of baby dolls. So they take their baby dolls and they just smash them on the rocks. And I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little it was a little jarring to see. And I could understand how maybe the interpretation is uh, you don't need kids. Kids are expendable. And I think that that's probably a bad message. But again, I have not seen the film, nor do I plan to. I feel like I have a better use of my time and money than sitting through the Barbie movie. Um but maybe not. Maybe I'm missing out on a fantastic. Uh, what was it? What was it? Laura Loomer called. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm missing out on a fantastic genius mockery of wokeism and I would really enjoy it. So that's something that I'm going to have to. That's if you want to uh, leave a comment um, on this you know, podcast or wherever and let me know what your thoughts of the movie were. If you saw it, uh, I'd be happy to I'd be happy to hear them now. How does this relate to Joe Biden? Well, while Barbie was becoming super popular over the weekend, Joe Biden continued to plummet. In fact, 30%, 30, I want to pull this up because this is important. Joe Biden poll CNN. 30% of people now see Joe Biden as being the worst choice for president. I'm sorry, 30% of people see Joe Biden as being a decent president over 70%, the lowest of his career, see him as being the worst choice for president. Uh, at CNN, I want to just read you this one line. A recent CNN poll found that Americans think reelecting Biden would be more of a setback or disaster than reelecting Trump. <laughs> CNN's Michael Smirkonish says it's due to the ever deepening political divide. So you've got uh, you've got a majority of Americans, seventy uh, percent of them, saying that reelecting Joe Biden would be a setback or a disaster, more of a disaster than reelecting Trump. And this is Democrats and Republicans, because when you're looking at seventy percent of the country, that's Democrats and Republicans. And there are Democrats out there that are like, you know what? Given the choice, I'd pick Trump. Do you know how bad that is for Joe Biden? Do you know what? Do you know what that that speaks horrible volumes about Joe Biden and his lack of, well, ability to do anything? I mean, the skeletal remains of Joe Biden, whenever he walks to the stage or the podium or shakes hands with somebody or falls down or sniffs someone. I mean, all of these things add up to a complete and total rejection of him as a president. Despite the fact that they're that he and his minions are out there trying to tell you the economy is great and Bidenomics is working and build back better is a fantastic success. Despite all of these people out there trying to run around and tell you that Joe Biden is good for America and he's just getting started and yada, yada, yada. Despite all of that, 
Joe Biden is a monumental failure as a president and everybody in his party knows it. And they're willing to get four more years of Donald Trump than they are four more years of Joe Biden. And for a lot of Democrats, that's saying something, because you may remember how unhinged and deranged the Democrats got the first time Donald Trump became president. You may they were they were for they were going to go to Canada for crying out loud. Now, Canada is so bad, they're not even going to threaten that. They were going to go here. They were going to leave the country. It was going to be the worst thing ever. And it turned out to be four of the most um, peaceful and profitable years this country's ever seen. And people remember that. And they look at Joe Biden and they look at what's happening with gas prices and they look at the border and they look at Ukraine and they look at all of our money flying everywhere except for the places where we needed to go. And they go, get that guy out of here. Bring back the other guy. I hate it. He's not so bad anymore. Joe Biden tends to be the worst. And if you're Joe Biden, if you're the Democrats, you're looking at these polls and you're going, man, we really screwed the pooch on this one. With Donald Trump polling well about that was the other thing, a Harvard poll. And there was a Harvard poll. And, you know, you know that Harvard is the most liberal institution in the world. You know that Harvard of all I want to say. Again, I want to say of all the Ivy Leagues, I think probably like Brown is the most is the most liberal. But Harvard's got to be like a, a, a close second. Harvard University, former President Trump continues to dominate the Republican primary field. This is from the New York Post and would beat President Biden in a general election, according to a new poll. Uh, the 20 if the 2024 Republican presidential primary were held today, Trump would win. His nearest rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, would lag 40 points behind with just 12 percent. Wow. Trump would beat Biden in a head to head matchup by a margin of 45 to 40 percent with a crucial 16% of voters undecided. His margin over Vice President Harris would be an even more yawning 47 to 38%. This is why the Democrats are trying to put Donald Trump in jail. This is why the Democrats are trying to put Donald Trump away for good, because they know that he's gonna beat Joe Biden, and they know that if something happens to Joe Biden or if they try to take out Joe Biden and Kamala Harris moves into the presidential position, then it would be, it would be a disaster. Don't even have an election. Just give Donald Trump the keys to the Oval Office and say, hey, uh, go fix our country. That's exactly what they that's exactly what they know is going to happen in every single one of these polls, including the one from one of their most prestigious, most beloved, most liberal organizations and institutions is telling them the same thing. And that's why they're trying to discredit him, put him away. That's why they're trying to charge him on on insurrection charges so that he's discredited uh, or he's um, disqualified from running for president of the United States of America. If Donald Trump runs for president, which he's doing, he's won. Donald Trump is almost unstoppable at this point in the primary. And according to these polls, he's doing everything he can to beat Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris and Joe Biden continue to do whatever they can to lose ground. Everything they're doing, it just makes Donald Trump more and more popular with their own people. When you throw in a third party candidate like an RFK or a Cornell West or somebody else, it's it's it makes for really uh, I mean, it's a disaster for the entire party. Now, all we need to do is make sure that we have a, a, a pretty solid a crop of Senate candidates and House candidates to, so that when Donald Trump comes back to power, as all these polls suggest he will, he also has the tools to do it. He has the tools on a state by state basis with a Republican majority in the Senate and conservative Republicans in the House of Representatives that will hand him victory after victory after victory and make it easier for him to do the job that he'll be reelected to do. Speaking of which, there's another story I saw, which I wanted to bring up because 
there's this um, theory that I've come up with or this this idea that I've come up with. I've kind of coined it. It's the implied guilt of anonymity, the implied guilt of anonymity. And it's it's interesting if you there's this one article which sums it up really well. Right now in the House of Representatives, there is a movement to expunge the record of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been impeached twice by the House of Representatives. He was impeached for the bogus uh, you know, Russian collusion scandal, which never happened. He was impeached for the insurrection, which never happened. And now there's a movement by Donald Trump supporters and right wing conservatives who say we need to expunge this record. This cannot this, this cannot live historically in the annals of the House of Representatives because it was a travesty. It was a lie. It was a scam. It was a sham. It was the Democrats abusing their power, lying to the American people, creating evidence where there wasn't any just so they could attack a political opponent. We can't have that. We ain't having that. We ain't playing that, as Kamala Harris would say. And so they want to get rid of it. They want it expunged from the record. And their vote is being pushed by Byron Donalds. In fact, this article from The Hill is very telling because Byron Donalds, who's uh, a lot of people think maybe going to be a vice presidential pick. Byron Donalds, who a lot of people think is, um, you know, a, a, a real rising star in the Republican Party. Elise Stefanik from New York, also another one that people say, hey, maybe she'll be the vice presidential pick. Um, but anyway, she introduced the uh, she introduced the expungement um, legislation, and it's designed to erase Trump's impeachments from the historical record. Here's Byron Donald's quote. It should definitely come to the floor and be expunged, said Representative Byron Donald's, a member of the Freedom Caucus and vocal Trump ally. Marjorie Taylor Greene was quoted as saying, I'm hoping to see it get done before August recess. Uh, there are, however, some conservative, I'm sorry, some non-conservative lawmakers who are Republicans, and they come from purple districts. They come from districts where maybe they're not, uh, Trump is not as popular. They may be won by a narrow margin. They're afraid that if they expunge Trump's record, it's going to look negatively on them and it's going to cost them their seats in power. And one of them was quoted as saying, I have every expectation I'll vote against expungement. And I have every expectation that I will work to bring others with me said one moderate Republican, here's the important part, who requested anonymity. Okay, now, Representative Byron Donald said he would expunge the records. Marjorie Taylor Greene said she would expunge the records. Elise Stefanik put her name on the legislation to expunge the records. These are three conservative Republicans who went to work and said, here's what I believe, here's what I feel is right, here's what we're going to do, and here's my name. Just so you, there's no confusion. Yes, I said this. Yes, I believe this. Yes, is what this is what the people I represent believe. Yes, this is what we're going to do. They have no problem doing it. They have no problem coming out and using their names and their likenesses and whatever else. Then you have this anonymous Republican who's saying, I have every expectation I will vote against it and I will work with other Republicans and make sure they vote against it because Donald Trump's impeachment should not be expunged. And that person doesn't want their name used. This is where we get into the implied guilt of anonymity. If you're doing the right thing and you know it's the right thing, if you're doing something that is that is uh, basic uh, and principled and and moral and something that is going to right a wrong and is your duty by, you know, by, by because of the uh, people that elected you gave you the power and you swore the oath to the Constitution, then there's no reason why. Pardon me. You shouldn't be proud of it. You shouldn't get up and stand behind it. There's no reason for that. But. If you think you're doing something that's dastardly and treacherous and maybe not the right move, but you're doing it for a selfish reason or you're doing it for uh, your own personal gain or you're doing it not because it's great for the country, but because 
it's uh it's detrimental to you personally or or whatever then there's that there's that guilt that implied guilt of on- anonymity as soon as you refuse to give your name to a quote if you're if you're bold enough to say something but you don't want people to know you said it you shouldn't be either a saying it at all or be in a position where you're representing a group of people because transparency is very important. And I distrust any Republican or Democrat, anyone really, any lawmaker who says something like, yeah, I expect I'm going to vote against this, uh, but I'm not going to tell you my name or don't use my name. Use your name. If you're if you're scared of people knowing what you said, then shut up or or, you know, or go home. Those are really the don't say it at all. Or go find a job where speaking your mind and what the uh, the people you represent believe isn't one of the crucial. I mean, that's really the job. Your job is to go there and speak and let people know who you are and who you represent and what your ideas are. If you can't openly share your ideas in Congress, you shouldn't be there. And if you're a conservative and you're scared of what Donald Trump's wrath or anyone else's, then you definitely shouldn't be there because we need fearless leadership in Congress, especially from our uh, conservative representatives. Although I don't believe this person is a conservative representative. Anyway, we'll have more on that later on. Don't forget your Don or Ron Coins Series 1, the only series, uh, are available right now. Go to DonOrRonCoins.com. I took some new photos over the weekend, by the way. I took some pictures of the coins and the bag. We had a little photo shoot, me and Don and Ron. It was very fun. We posted them up on the website so you can now see even newer uh, you know, photos and, and what they really look like in, in real life. So uh, you can grab one. This is going to be a historic First edition release from the Catriot Mint. And I don't want you to miss out because, again, like I said, they're selling. They're selling quick. Uh, and once they're sold out, they're gone forever. Um, anyway, uh, tune into the Marque Show. It's coming up at noon Eastern, 11 Central. And thank you again for listening to this podcast. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Continue to share it. Continue to spread the word so that we can spread the word. Spread the message of conservatism and make sure that together, each and every one of us will eventually save the republic.